0: The Bexley contraband affair ends for now. A new poll gives Democrats the edge and packing heat at the bar. Those topics and more coming up.
1: From the Battelle studio at WOSU at CoSide, this is Columbus on the Record. Joining Mike Thompson this week, Reginald Fields. Columbus Bureau Chief for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Joe Ingalls, Statehouse Reporter for Ohio Public Radio, Michael Cole, Democratic Strategist, and Leah Sellers, Professor
2: at Ohio Northern College of Law.
0: The Bexley contraband affair is over, at least for now. The state Senate this week rejected the appointment of Kathy Collins-Taylor as permanent state public safety director. She came under fire for the cancellation of a planned contraband sting at the governor's mansion. Republicans rejected her, saying she let fear of embarrassment interfere with police work, while Democrats said she was railroaded. At the end of the day, the question for me is the problem in public safety is that politics has been allowed to interfere with the law enforcement function of the highway patrol and that there's been a
3: clear and ongoing effort to put politics above public safety. The process was flawed. It was flawed from the beginning and the fact that we are using the cloak of the Constitution as the reason to not to confirm a lady who has given her entire life to service to this state is certainly unconscionable. I believe that the fix was in, and, Mr. President, I believe that the process matters. After the rejection,
0: the governor named Tom Stickrath as public safety director, and then he pulled the plug, at least for now, on the inmate program after an inmate was caught drinking at the governor's mansion. Reggie Fields, first to the Kathy Collins Taylor confirmation, was the fix in? Did she have a chance from the get-go? Uh,
3: I think she did have a chance. Uh, I mean, there, I. Th- I think the process maybe, uh, maybe you hope for more uh, during the hearings themselves, but um, I believe that, you know. Uh People who wanted to be heard had an opportunity to be heard. Um, those storylines, or those lines that you've just now heard, were pretty consistent throughout this this entire hearing. I mean, uh, Grindal has pretty much said from the beginning that he thought politics was in, involved. That was really the only concern. Was that the person who was leading uh, that particular committee had pretty much already decided pretty early on that he felt that politics was involved? Uh, but in the end, I, I believe she did get a fair hearing. I don't know if the results themselves were necessarily fair, though.
0: Why did she stick it out to the end? I was I was still surprised right up until the vote uh, on Tuesday. I guess that she hadn't withdrawn.
1: She said she did nothing wrong. She said she didn't lie to investigators, and she uh, does have a record uh, that was very clean uh, going into this. So, uh, you know, it was it, was there a reason for her not to show up?
0: Well, a lot of times, if you're going to lose, you withdraw ahead of time
3: well see i don't I don't know that she thought that she was automatically going to lose I mean there was uh, a possibility they needed to get five uh, Republicans to come over mm-hmm. and vote for her in the Senate uh, this week and there was a chance they thought that they can do that um, that maybe people would actually you know uh, look at whatever they thought was the evidence and kind of make a decision uh, not based on what the hearing said but maybe just on their own totality and that's what we heard from a couple of the Republican senators who did uh, vote for her they said that they They did it not because of whatever the committee had recommended, but what they had kind of surmised on their own.
2: But when you uh, listen to what happened at the hearing and listen to the testimony of Captain Henderson and Major Booker and what went uh, what from went down patrol. from yeah. the from the Highway Patrol and how these folks suffered uh, at at the hands of uh, this manag- mismanagement and the punching down, her blaming these people for for bad behavior, um, I think that the, uh, the 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 Senate was correct in, in in not confirming
0: her. Michael, how much damage does this do to to Ted Strickland? You know. I
4: I think in this political year it does a bit of damage Um, for those who want to hold him uh, harmless because they see the economy turning around slowly for those who want to hold him harmless because they see Ohio making some sort of positive transition economically you can look at it from that perspective and say that his supporters will be his supporters for those who who have angst against him anyway this is just fodder for the fire it just is but I think when folks hear Kasich's message And that's a totally obviously a different discussion, but when folks hear Kasich's message, I think that Strickland will get the support he's supposed
0: to. Who is Tom Stickrath? and will he be welcomed by the highway patrol?
1: I think he will. Um, Tom Stickrath has been around the agencies for decades. Uh, He was actually there when Republicans were in power. He's most recently served at the Department of Youth Services, but he's generally very well respected. So I don't see a huge battle over Stickrath uh, like we've seen with Collins Taylor.
0: And he took over a troubled youth services. Absolutely agency.
3: right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the Strickland administration will screw up this time in getting his name over for the confirmation yeah. proceedings, because which is what happened with Kathy Collins Taylor. She was on the job long enough for you know something to occur, which then comes back and bites her, and she's not yeah. confirmed. If
0: they had just submitted her paperwork early on, they could have avoided at least the public hearing focus of this. The inmate program has been suspended, at least temporarily. An inmate was caught this week very drunk, had to go to the hospital. Um, The governor has said on Friday that the person wanted to hurt themselves uh, for whatever reason. What's the future of this program? Is it going to be restarted, do you think?
2: It doesn't look good. I mean, Bill Seitz uh, categorized this all as a Hogan's hero kind of uh, s- a situation, and it looks like the prisoners were, were always running the asylum at the at the governor's mansion. just a disappointing thing because uh, the the, uh, the program was successful, started under Gov- Governor Rhodes, and uh, when we see Strickland uh, let this happen, it, it's, a, it's a disappointing thing.
4: Actually, the program goes back as far as Governor DeSalle in the late 50s, um, something, as you said, did have a great deal of success. Okay. It's tragic on two ends of things, right? It's tragic on the governor's end, him being very passionate, very fervent about this program um, to the point that he expanded it. He allowed for certain freedoms to take place because he didn't. He wanted to really prepare these level one inmate offenders to be able to transition out of, his, out of, out of, out of that job level into society. Level one
0: is low risk.
4: Level one is low risk. So here he creates an opportunity for them to transition out, and a few bad apples, unfortunately, spoiled the bunch. Mm -hmm. But one of
1: the things we haven't seen mm -hmm. so far, this raised a lot of questions, and I think anyone who watched those hearings probably came out with at least five unanswered questions that they'd like to know the answer to right Mm -hmm. now. But, you know, we have not seen that level of scrutiny on this program for forever, I mean, since its inception. So it makes you wonder if maybe these situations were happening before and no one noticed.
3: Well, there's two things. One, uh, the, if the program is to continue, uh, the inmates do not necessarily have to work at the governor's mansion. They can mm-hmm. find some other duties for them to do and not be working at the governor's mansion. But most importantly, they got to figure out a way to make sure that they're keeping an eye on uh, these inmates. So that, yeah. Because yet again, when in this latest incident, it seems that the liquor cabinet was unlocked, mm-hmm. um, which means, again, who was supervising? Because these inmates weren't discovered until they were on their way back to prison, which means no one saw them when they are actually doing their drinking at the mansion
4: you know i'll add to that real quickly you know in reading that oig report and i don't know if you saw it but in reading that report it was clear that interagency issues existed and who supervises these groups of folks who's responsible for them when i mean this is this is a big big issue even though it's like nine people that were working for the governor (laughs) on his grounds With some of them having access to being off grounds to do stuff beyond the fence line, it's just, I think the clarity needs, I hope that this, whatever this investigation begets, it begets a strong solution to dealing with accountability and who supervises who
0: and what. All right. A new poll indicates that back gate gate is not hurting the governor. The Ohio poll shows that Ted Strickland still leads John Kasich in the race for governor. It's a slim lead, 49 percent to 44 percent, and it's not a whole lot different than what we've seen in other polls recently. But the number that has to be encouraging for Democrats is Ted Strickland's approval rating. It has jumped seven points from last fall, up from 48% to 55%. And it's now, Leah Sellers, above that magic 50% number. Mm -hmm. With all the bad press that has happened over the past month, how is he at 55% approval rating?
2: Well, I think the, the press is just starting to get their uh, arms around this uh, Mansion Gate or Trooper Gate incident. And the public outside 270 is just starting to learn some of the details of that uh, incident. And I think especially once they uh, start to, to, to see Strickland defend this program and defend uh, his uh, failed administrators um, and, and apply some more scrutiny to that, uh, these numbers will, will certainly change, especially uh, since we're just starting now to learn more about uh Kasich and, and, and what his plans are for for the state.
0: But th- the poll began May eleventh, which was two weeks after the IG report came out, when it really hit the yes. hit the press that there was some really p- serious problems with this program. Wouldn't that have started to come out in the approval rating at that point?
2: You'd you, you think so, but uh, the latest round this week of what happened with the uh, failure to confirm, I think, will we'll, uh, increase scrutiny of the incident and will also, uh, and, and especially after the program is now canceled because someone's drunk at the governor's mansion, now we'll have an, even more attention to this that may not have been uh, brought prior. Well, but, you know, Governor
1: Strickland was the one who canceled it in the end, so right. I mean it's going to be very hard to say that, you know, it was because of Governor Strickland that, that you know, there's all these problems, um, when he was the one who ultimately canceled
2: well, it. Well, I disagree. I mean, as as early as, as uh, Mike, Mike said a f- uh, months ago, he knew about the problem based on the report and knew about this interagency, these interagency issues, and and hasn't really paid any attention to it. And now we have uh, the, the fallout that we have. The of the program. Mm-hmm. See, I think
1: techni- I think there's a difference here. I think he he probably has paid attention to it, but I think he decided to play his cards in a certain way mm-hmm. um, because he really he did I think believe in Kathy Collins Taylor's The com- the comments that he's made about her and uh, the way that this has been spun, he's spun it as this is a political thing. They're coming after me. They have nothing, so they want to create something to come after me about. And and I think it to his, you know, for him it was a good thing to play it forward like he did because if he hadn't and had folded at the time that this all came out he could have looked weak.
0: But the big issue still is, regardless of this, is jobs. Yeah, absolutely. um, The modest, the very modest good news coming out of uh, the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services,
3: is it's starting to help him a little bit? You know, I actually disagree just a bit. I mean, I really don't believe that this Troopergate, or whatever you want to call it, is really going to have that much of an impact on the campaign going forward. I think it will be an issue. I think it's going to be an issue that that Strickland is going to be reminded of and have to deal with. I don't think it's going to have that large of an impact. I think what we have seen is over that period of time, uh, Strickland has actually been campaigning. Uh, John Kasich hasn't been campaigning very much. We saw a a campaign speech even uh, by Strickland, I believe, during that period of time when he came out um, throwing punches at John Kasich and uh, a commercial comes out and uh, Kasich has pretty much been uh, kind of standing back uh, as as his campaign strategy is, which is fine, but I think that's maybe why you're seeing a bump there because he's actually out campaigning, trying to do something where the uh, the, the Kasich campaign is kind of holding back for now. I'll
4: give it, uh, it's, you know, we, we hear the old axiom, it's the economy, stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, it's jobs, man, and, and and that's real talk. I mean, bottom line is, is that I think once the message comes out about education reform, once the message comes out about uh, some of our state's hardest hit places economically, Youngstown, big, big success, $650 million expansion uh, with the steel industry up there. President comes to the state two times, uh, talking and toting economic turnaround, slowly coming here to the state of Ohio. I think when folks start to hear that and the message is drummed up, this Kasich stuff uh, that is coming out right now is just WMD. It's weapon of mass distraction.
0: Leah, does John Kasich have to do a better job to introduce himself in a positive light? He still is he's not running any positive ads per se yet. Yeah,
2: and, and I, I agree with Reggie that this could be part of his strategy, but certainly as he rolls out his campaign, uh, he'll focus on the 400,000 uh, 400, jobs lost under the Strickland-Fisher uh, administration. And... Um, and and other problems with the administration, including Mansion Gate or Trooper Gate.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick look at the U.S. Senate race. That one is a lot tighter than the, not that the governor's race was a landslide, but it's a lot tighter than the governor's race with Lee Fisher with basically a, he's in a tie with Rob Portman. This is the first poll after Fisher's primary win after um, beating Jennifer Bruner. How do we read this poll? Just still people don't know who to vote for here yet? I don't think folks know enough about the issues. Um,
4: the advantage that Fisher has is that this primary did put him out in the forefront on a major front. I mean, he's, he's had the opportunity to have the kind of exposure he needs. But I don't think enough people know enough about Portman outside of the negative things that are slowly beginning to come out, uh, particularly his, his message on trade and even more importantly, this whole Wall Street piece. Main Street versus Wall Street, I think is where the battleground's going to be.
2: Uh, Fisher's got to be really careful though on the trade issue in particular. I mean trade is a two-way street. Um, A lot of businesses in Ohio rely on um, exports and uh, when uh, Portman was U.S. trade representative. He uh, increased exports during that time, and Ohio exports increased, which resulted in more jobs for Ohio. Let's look at uh, Fisher's record, on the other hand. Um, During just last year, exports went down 11 billion in Ohio.
4: He was trade representative under the Bush administration, and more jobs came to Ohio?
2: That's
0: true, yes. (laughs) The Different kinds of jobs, manufacturing jobs Mm -hmm. left, but maybe some agricultural jobs or high-tech jobs and things like that. Mm -hmm. It'll all get sorted out in all those commercials, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Our our (laughs) next topic, the Ohio Senate says it's okay for people to carry concealed guns in bars and restaurants. The Senate extended Ohio's concealed carry law to places that serve alcohol. Now, the bill would allow bar owners to individually prohibit guns at their establishments, and the bill prohibits people who are carrying from drinking alcohol, the bill now moves from the republican controlled Senate to the democratic controlled house. Michael Cole, If Fright- you can carry it in libraries, why can't you carry it in a bar?
4: frightening legislation bottom line this is legislation that is looking to to repeal prohibitions uh make sure that folks who are licensed to carry and conceal not only have the opportunity to carry it into public settings like restaurants and bars and 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 when you think restaurants and bars, think Applebee's, right? Think you know Fridays. Somebody could have the opportunity to carry a weapon in like that. It would it gives it gives licensees way too many freedoms, way too many. One of them is the ability to carry it in the bars and restaurants. The other is to allow you to drive with your gun right next to you if you want. So it takes away the prohibitions of having to keep your gun either holstered or boxed or encased in some kind of locked setting, so you can actually
0: carry a loaded weapon right next to you. Will this really, I mean, I cannot see, if this would have passed, which is doubtful perhaps, Applebee's is going to have that little sticker on their window saying you can't carry a gun here. I mean, mean, is this really going to matter, or is this a symbolic gesture towards the NRA on the part of conservative lawmakers? Um, I
3: I think it's... I think it's going to have trouble over in the House because it's a Democratic-controlled House, and I don't know that it's going to get its, uh, the support that it got in a Republican-controlled uh, Senate. The other issue is is that um, many of the most influential law enforcement agencies or associations in the state of Ohio are completely against Absolutely. it. And um, while the Republicans over in the Senate, uh, certainly, they have fundraising leads, there's no jeopardy of them losing control of that. Over in the House, there is, you know, there's going to be some tight races over there where they're going to have to try to hold on to that and i think that the democrats there they're going to need a lot of law enforcement help come november so i don't i don't even think they're going to touch this bill before november most likely it's going to sit over there
1: you know and, and regardless of what whatever happens with this you got to remember that trying to police these kind of things it's difficult it's difficult for police officers so okay if applebee's puts their little sign on the door and someone carries a a gun in there legally and, and you know if this is passed they sit at a bar and they, they're they eating and not drinking I mean someone's got to sort all these things out if an incident happens and even if an incident doesn't happen in order to be able to prosecute if there has been any crime or infraction of the gun law. So there's a lot of things that go, go into play here that I think maybe aren't being considered that will be those unintended consequences of the future if it does pass
0: Are restaurants are these, there was a quote that Restaurants, family are victim zones. I mean, how does that play? That you need a gun to protect yourself in these in these restaurants. They use the family restaurant. I don't want to say the name. I
4: think all of this sometimes can be a play on fear. Uh, sometimes yeah. we create these these bills and draw up this legislation out of something that we read in the newspaper. Certainly here in Central Ohio there have been a few incidents where folks have gone into a restaurant, actually stuck up the restaurant and took something. I don't know that Joe Citizen pulling out a weapon in the mm-hmm. middle of folks, by the way, possibly untrained in using this weapon and firing it is the right way to deal with that type of situation. Mm-hmm. What I'm frightened with with this legislation as well is that I don't see any cons- common sensibility brought to it. Mm-hmm. I don't see any legisl- any part of it mm-hmm. that says that if you're going to, carry a weapon if you're going to be licensed you need to be trained and certified you have to be trained and certified to drive a car
0: you should be to operate to have a gun to have a firearm okay ohio lawmakers have another week to write the rules for casino operators before a june 3rd deadline lawmakers have agreed on many things like no smoking no free drinks a new perversion added this week would allow casinos to loan money to gamblers but only 500 dollars a month and there is an, a dis, there is still a disagreement on how to divvy up the license fees paid by casino operators. Joe Engels' five hundred dollars a month credit limit actually was was reported as a preemptive strike on the part of lawmakers to keep the credit limit somewhat in line.
1: Right, because the fear was that if they didn't put a a limit on the amount that um, I I understand from other casinos out in Las Vegas you can get lines of credit that go into the thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars. So uh, part of the reason behind doing this, uh, one lawmaker was cited saying that this will actually help keep those numbers low so that people can't get over their head and lose the house on something.
0: What do you think, $500 a month, 28% interest? <laughs> <laughs> and
2: this is just another example of paternalism in our law. And so we have to look, when you look at paternalism, a balancing of personal freedoms versus do we want government to protect people from themselves? Um, there's, a, there's another movement in paternalism called soft paternalism or nudge paternalism. And you see this in um, other areas where uh, the casinos are, are a bit older than our casinos. Our casinos are brand new. And so uh, one uh, example of this kind of law, the soft paternalistic law, is where the um, casinos allow people to blacklist themselves uh, to say that if I show up to the casino in a weak moment, You won't let me in. Hmm. And um, I I, I read that uh, 10,000 people had signed up in Missouri alone for for some of this this law.
3: Hmm. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I think you're going to have some grumpy lawmakers next week because, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, this is something that they have known they needed to get done since November yeah. um, when this passed. They knew that they were going to have to do this, and they've waited into this point to to get here. Now, I, I realize they're 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 patting themselves on the back, saying that hey, we're about 98, 99 percent there when we introduced the bills. But there are still some some issues though, that little small percentage that's hanging out there are pretty sizable or or significant. Issues that they just don't see eye to eye on. And so um, they're going to have to, you know, one side or the other, they're going to have to really just kind of, you know, just despite the bullet, kind of turn their head on some of these issues. Why, why
0: did it take so long? I mean, why is there, were these, they were trying to work these small well, disagreements out or
3: um, small number disagreements out? I mean I think it's it's it is complex I mean there and we're talking about big money here yeah. all right so there's plus. a lot of well not only that but I'm just mean with the operators I mean these guys are gonna be making uh, hundreds of millions of dollars every year through this there's money coming back to the state you got a lot of money involved and and uh, these lawmakers were being lobbied by these gaming operators who are trying to tell them what they would like to see in it the lawmakers are trying to pull back and say well what's good for for the citizens and it's it's not an easy process but Clearly, though, I believe they should have had this done already.
0: I, I was wondering when the whole rural versus urban benefit was going to surface, and it finally has. I mean, all these casinos are in big cities, and the, even the rural counties voted for it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're talking about these license fees. How are you going to divvy that up? A lot of it's going to go to the urban job creation, but the rural folks, perhaps rightly so, are saying, what about us? Right. Could that hold it up?
3: Well, I—I I mean, it's already an yeah. issue because yeah. the that the House uh, would like to right now say exactly how to spend that two hundred yeah. million dollars, and and as you just now pointed out, they want to do it with urban uh, job training sort of initiatives and and co-op programs and and different things like that. Whereas the Senate is pretty much saying. We don't, we don't need to do that yet that, that's not what our our edict right now is. not to decide how to spend that money especially since the license money will not start flowing until later this year at the earliest mm-hmm. you know once you pass the legislation you got the 90 days and everything else it's going to be a while so once we get to that point um, you could pretty much say well let's just put it in the bank until uh, early next year for an appropriation we got a big budget year coming next year and Depending on who you talk to, there's going to be a pretty sizable hole if to there's address. an
1: eight or nine billion dollar hole, as some have projected, right. that money could be very handy in saving a program, an agency, or something of value. So I think um, that's where this whole let's hold back and not do anything right now comes from.
0: The question I keep asking, I don't think anybody knows the answer, what happens if they don't meet the deadline? Do the casinos <laughs> write their own rules? <laughs> Um, I they hope not.
3: I <laughs> <laughs> think one for the lawyers all that. No, <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't. They won't write their own rules. Yeah. But I think there is an urgency to get this done because the state of Ohio needs that money yeah. to come back. There's, you know, there's a, a, you know, the tax money and the and the licensing money yeah. that the state of Ohio gets. So there is a sense of urgency to at least get that done so that they have some money to start coming or looking I mean, for. With as yeah. much
4: ambiguity that's out there too, I think the good thing, one of the good things I do like about what they're trying to do with this revenue, is. Uh, or creating mandates and rules is saying that minority businesses, and that's women-owned businesses, that's people of color-owned businesses, need to be in this whole business-ship and re- business partnership
0: and relationship with the casinos. I'll have to leave it there. Let's get to our off-the-record comments, parting shots. Leah, you're up for us.
2: Sure, sure. A great thing happened in the House this, uh, th- just yesterday, actually. There was some uh, a bipartisanship on the apportionment uh, law. Um, and I think, I predict that this week, before the summer recess, before all the uh, uh, legislators hit the beach, they will uh, come to some consensus on this and uh, make the apportionment redistricting a little bit less political, this thanks to uh, John Husted's leadership in bringing this in the Senate.
0: The drawing of the legislative boundaries. That's right. Michael. Uh, prediction uh,
4: I say that uh, 2012 is going to be the year a uh, battle zone year uh, this year with the governor's race is going to determine it
0: all Joe
1: I think uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, graduates coming out of school right now they're looking for jobs and uh, hopefully those jobs will be there for them because if it's not it could be uh, fueling the fire for the Republicans
3: and yeah, Reggie uh- Leah stole my idea. Oh, but no. I, <laughs> and I was frantically thinking of something new. I'll No, I, one. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, I agree. I, I think that is just one of those last minute things that's going to be addressed next week, and it will get something done. And finally, it gets something done there.
0: All right, that is Columbus on the Record for this week. We urge you to check out our website. There you can uh, continue the discussion online. You can link to our blog, link to our Facebook page, and also get streaming video in case you miss a show. All of that at wosu.org. For our crew here at WOSU at Kosai and for our panel, I'm Mike Thompson. Have a good week.